0: Today on the Topic Show, Bud Light Q3 sales are in, and they are as rough as the taste of Bud Light itself. Vivek tweet on claims of gay, trans, LGBT inconsistencies goes viral, getting 3.3 million views. Chris Christie gets roasted for going on CNN and saying that he is the only one going after and targeting Trump. Elon announces the Cybertruck is both bulletproof and arrowproof on the Joe Rogan experience. Walmart to invest $9 billion in store facelifts. Toyota to invest $8 billion in hybrid technologies. Twitter X valuation has dropped to about and it's worth about 50% less than what Elon bought it for, and the real estate industry is slapped with a $1.8 billion fine, and their stocks are precipitously tanked. All that and much is more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder released Toy Stay. I see he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see. That's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So, if you can click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Walmart to invest $9 billion for store facelifts. Now, this means they're overhauling currently nearly a third of its 4,500 U.S. stores, and it's their attempt to bid their sales for non-essential items, which, of course, is key. If you look at any grocery store, the industry average in terms of profit is about 2%, which is also known as nothing. It's one of those things where just one little small mistake, and you're basically out of business. So that's why you see today most grocery stores are more of an effect like a hybrid store. And I don't mean the silly vehicles. I mean in terms of they sell more than the traditional grocery product. That's why some of the biggest grocery stores that we know about are basically Walmart and Target. And you can also debate really how much groceries Target sells. But nevertheless, they have many things that are not just groceries like apples, oranges, and as I say, beef jerky. What else do groceries Americans buy these days? Gangling beer, <laughs> it's a joke because you know 30% of the sales are gone for Bud Light, but nevertheless, back to the Walmart in- instance, this is a situation where all these non-essential items, that's where they make a lot of their profit. And that's where people and consumers are pulling back their spend the most. They're decreasing that amount of spend more and more. So Walmart has to think of, well, what might be a better way to entice people to buy these products? Well, one way if you're working physical retail is to increase the ambience, make the experience a little bit better. So they're going to make it a little bit shinier, perhaps attempt to rival Target a little bit. I mean, Target is known for, in my opinion, having a more of a quote unquote, high class shopping experience where they do have better ambient lighting. They have cleaner store shelves and they invest a lot into their actual store displays. So it very well might be a way so that walmart can improve those sales figures now they noted that the first 117 revamped stores opened earlier monday with better lighting clear signage also signage for quote-unquote dollar shops for avor- affordable season items or seasonal items and quote-unquote touch and feel displays that are meant to encourage customers to interact with home products which makes sense even as a child i remember back in the day one of the coolest di- displays out there would be the Toys R Us displays so where you actually play with the toys. Granted, we, I was very, pri- very privileged in the fact that I had a two pair, I had a, both mom and father at home, and it's one of those situations where we didn't have the money where we could actually buy one of those little RC, not the RC cars, it's a little toy car that you sit in and it's battery powered. However, we could afford to go to Toys R Us and I don't know if that's really a window shop because you're inside the store, but nevertheless, one of the most magical moments would be going there and actually getting to drive in those little electric little cars and is magical. And some of the other really cool displays are the Nintendo 64 displays we can actually hold a controller and play and demo the game. And that we did buy a little bit. So definitely get the store got ROI. But it's a great example of you can put your hands on the actual technologies that you're looking at, actual toys, actual products. It's a great way to entice a sale. So it'll be interesting to see as Walmart's rolling these out to more and more stores, what the fix be on their finances. Let me know is this is going to increase your perception of walmart if they were to clean it up a little bit so to say make it a little more luxurious or do you think this might not really entice their current customer base to increase the spend of non-essential items It'd be fascinating to see, but as i would say time shall tell other interesting businesses you have toyota to invest eight billion dollars in hybrid vehicles now this is part of their 14 billion billion dollar investment and they will dedicate it to about 10 to 14 assembly plants to both EV and plug-in hybrid batteries and this will give Toyota the flexibility to toggle between the full EV EV vehicles and the hybrids as the demand is shifting. That's a quote from CNBC. It's a very nice politically correct way of saying yeah Americans don't really like EVs that much because yeah they're, they're basically smartphones also known as trash because again just like a smartphone with the current technology we have now, and I always have to have a little caveat, because, again, technology is fast and it moves quite quickly, and tomorrow we very well may have a new technology that supplants it and it actually makes it a reliable product and something that will actually last a fair amount of time. However, the best ROI today, if you actually want a vehicle, is just the same bulletproof or darn near bulletproof, such as a Toyota Corolla or a Honda Civic, which both have a good old traditional internal combustion engine, and the Honda Civic actually has three pedals, manual transmission, you know, the best experience, optimally driving experience you'd have on the planet, I think every vehicle should have by default. And you'll get, you know, a quarter of a million or quarter of a century in terms of the last and duration or about a million miles. They're damn near durable. And I feel in terms of EV technologies, a lot of the early adopters, they already have their EVs. And there's a lot of people hesitant because, again, just like a smartphone, you have one company that can service it and it's basically disposable. And, again, the big thing, elephant in the room is the batteries. Once the battery goes go bad is basically garbage because the batteries cost between ten twenty thousand dollars which again if an internal combustion engine breaks on a Honda Civic you can go to a junkyard and get an internal combustion engine swap a new one in for eh, usually about sub thousand dollars depending on the vehicle you know depending on the actual specifications but it's a hell of a lot better ROI I would argue so as people are starting to pull away from EVs they are increasing their adoption rate of hybrids so more and more Americans are increasing the perception that that might be a good idea for their next family vehicle it's not, in terms of, you know, once the hybrid, again, the battery goes bad, basically garbage. Similarly, that was one of the detriments to the Toyota Prius. Once it hits, you know, well, back when I was more in the automobile community, um, actively working in the auto community, we would have a Prius on a lot, and it'd be over 100,000 miles, it'd be garbage, because the battery's dead. So, the functional part of the car would be the internal combustion engine, which still would work. So, interestingly enough, This might be a great way for Toyota to quote-unquote hedge their bets as more and more people are looking at hybrids and those sales are going to increase and we've seen the EV demand decrease so much so that recently had Tesla's valuation just dropped by $145 billion. So it's quite a pretty penny. Granted, pennies in the United States are garbage these days because it's 99.99% zinc. So I should caveat is a vintage pretty penny which was actually made out of copper, which is actually a metal that was worth something. But nevertheless, when it comes to Toyota's business plan, I still think they should continue the investment in the co- internal combustion engine because, again, that's what the brand is known for is reliability unparalleled. I mean, a traditional Toyota, it's a, almost a parody on Top Gear. Every time they do a test, they'll do everything, and they can't break it. And the only way they got to break was they actually drain the fluids. I believe it was a Toyota Hilux, their truck. Even after draining the fluids, or maybe it was the Celca, They tested multiple vehicles, but... Even after draining the oil it still ran for a little bit which again is insanely reliable and you don't get that from an ev yet well asterisk caveat perhaps magical batteries will be developed tomorrow truth be told that's where a lot of investment is going so i would not be surprised however i still think in terms of toyota it's probably a good bet to keep investing in your combustion engine and also keep making the Supra because that's kind of fun because it has three pedals. Also known as manual transmission, the most fun you could ever have while driving. Other interesting business views, you have Twitter X value down about 57% since Elon purchased it and Elon now values it at about 19 billion dollars. Now this valuation, of course the headline is always a little suspicious to go, well yeah, based on who? Someone at CNN? Who cares? Now this is actually coming from Twitter itself or X if you are part of the 18 people who call it X. Now, this is coming from Twitter. They earlier on Monday, they informed employees that they are eligible for stock grants and that they would receive shares based on the valuation of $19 billion. So that's what the company is currently valuing itself at. Now, a lot of people have noted that as a new owner of Twitter, Elon Musk has done many things including an 80% reduction in headcount, which is one of the best examples for trimming the fat from a company. And perhaps could be a great example for many public entities as well. 80% of the staff of Twitter, gone. And it's the same experience for the end user, if not better, some might argue. Isn't that astronomical to think? 80% of the employees are basically activists who are censoring people. Or just taking up space and salaries, ranging in the quarter million dollars because they're all in San Francisco, which is prohibitively expensive. All that. 80% of people gone. It's the same result, if not better, from an end user experience. Now, they also critiqued Elon saying that, oh yeah, they took away the blue check mark, which now you can actually just buy it, which, yeah, kind of evens the playing field. You don't have to worry about giving someone 10 grand backdoor to become you know, more authentic, so to say, which was something that may or may not have happened a couple times with some news reporting agencies. Now, the real question is, what is it gonna be worth tomorrow? Because they're valuating at 19 billion today, But Elon has all these plans. They're introducing things like having the ability to actually do phone calls with the platform and video calls to the platform. They keep adding more and more features and Elon's long-term vision is to have the everything app. And at which point, when will it become priceless? Because it's all gonna be about how much market share can they gather? How many people will trust them to do everything? I mean, conceivably that could be a priceless idea. You have some competition, and I believe WhatsApp is integrating more, and not not WhatsApp, one of those brain farts right there. I believe TikTok is incorporating more and more capabilities in terms of, they've also recently added an e-commerce platform capability, and X is going to, to, they're going to expand into the finance part. So would you trust them with your finances? That's another thing to think about. It'll be fascinating to see how they grow and develop. Unfortunately, they are still privately owned, so folks like you and I can't invest. Though, I would also, Say, I'm not a financial expert. I would just say one of the best bets you can do is just gamble on yourself and start a small business. The odds might not be in your favor, but a wise pilot once told me never tell me the odds. And they don't lie on Star Trek. Ha, that's a joke. I know this from Battlestar Galactica. Calm down, I know Star Wars. Or did I? Anyway. Now, over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light Q3 sales are in, and they are as bad as the taste of Bud Light in itself, and they are announcing $1 billion stock buyback. interestingly enough. Now, this is thanks to an article on Yahoo, partially just because I felt a little nostalgic. Back in my day, they were the OG, another great example of business blunder of the century. They declined a multi-billion dollar offer, I believe it was $40 billion from Microsoft to buy them out. At the end of the day, I believe they sold for, for Verizon for a tenth, or a little bit less than a tenth of that original offer from Microsoft. So, as someone in the... I was to say, I'm not, but some stock traders might say, buy high, sell low. Wait, wait, right? reverse that. But nevertheless, going to the Yahoo Finance, it looks like anish Bush, embev Interestingly enough, the shares actually went up after they announced a billion-dollar buyback program. Now, interestingly enough, this is something where you see a lot of act activists and... Well, I guess people with a lot of business acumen or intelligence talk about buybacks being evil and bad. It's quite literally the business is thinking that their stock is undervalued, so they're going to buy it, which, an overwhelming majority, majority of the time, does increase the actual cost or the stock price. So, they're going to buy about a billion dollars of their stock, and they're just going to be executed over the next 12 months, and it will begin almost immediately. This is in regard to a quote from the CFO Fernando. Canadian bomb Sounds fancy. And they continue to say that Q3 earnings were mixed. Well, of course, with the U.S. sales being the biggest detriment to the company. Now, it looks like U.S. revenue dropped 13.5% as sales to wholesalers dropped 17.6% and sales to retailers were down 16.6%. And they claim that that's primarily due to the decline of Bud Light with a with a flush Q3 2023 when buyers got tired to when buyers tried to get ahead of higher prices implemented in October by purchasing early. So it looks like even back in the day there was a little bit of artificial sales in terms of irregular buying patterns. Now, going additionally, they noted that uh, let's see. In a call to investors, the CEO, one of the CEOs, I should say. This is not this is the InBev, this is the ImBev, the big parent CEO, not the CIA operative Brent Whitworth, who is the famous CEO of Anheuser Bush in the US, which of course you're all connected now. Now, this is Michael Dokus. He said that and I'm not this isn't supposed to be a joke, I don't suspect, but he did say that Bud Light Drinkers are ready to come back and take a swig once more unquote and yet the sales figures are absolutely the antithesis it's the opposite of what his actual statement is now Anish bush InBev noted that they saw some weakness sales in europe as well as growth in middle america africa asia pacific regions revenue increased five percent to 15.57 billion slightly lower than Bloomberg estimates while just earnings came in at 86 cents per share and the total volume declined by 3% in Q3. Beer volume dropped 4%, but non-volume beer grew by 1.4%. Bush InBev stock is down 5% year-to-date, compared to the S&P's point five percent gain. So again, in terms of Bush InBev being a huge global company, they are apparently doing pretty well globally, because again, they also own more brands than you can possibly imagine. So what? They perhaps might, eh, Unilever you know, you know, might own more brands than Anheuser-Busch and Bev, but they own a myriad of brands. And really, the biggest brand that's been having the debt to their sales is Bud Light specifically. A lot of Americans don't realize how many companies are really owned by Anheuser-Busch and Bev. I believe there's about 45 different beer brands and labels are owned by them. So, Bud Light sales specifically, those are the sales that we're hearing about every week. Those are specifically down about 30%. Now, the figures that we're going over here, that's the huge parent company. Now, the revenue came in at $15.57 billion versus the $15.84 billion that they were expected. Adjusting earnings per share were $0.86 cents versus the $0.85 cents per share expected. The volume growth were negative 3.4% versus the expected negative 2.29%. Now, the price growth was 8.4% versus 6.94%. See here. Now, when an analyst at Bank of America was asked for comment, Mr... Pestici says, quote, Q3 results point that way with better than expected margins. Margin expansion should lead to better and more consistent organic growth over the medium term, unquote. And of course, this company is investing more into marketing than, I think, Coca-Cola. And they're as I say, in terms of spending money on marketing, Coca-Cola and Pepsi are probably one of the best examples of the volume. Probably not really intended because they also make a huge volume of product. But you see the logos at every event possible, partially because this is the exposure campaign. The more you see the logo for some industries and some items, the more likely you are to buy it. Now, this comes after they also announced that they are going to display the official beer sponsor of the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which the memes have already read themselves because, of course, very few people still respect Bud Light, and now it's just dragging down the UFC. Someone, thought, someone in marketing thought perhaps Dana White could magically just touch Bud Light and make it masculine and cool again. That's, it definitely did happen. It didn't, it in fact, it's quite the opposite. People immediately lost respect for Dana White, who historically was very much not playing politics, so to say. He was basically, you know, F you, we're here to play a sport. We don't want to get involved with this or that. We're here based on merit. And all That's it. And then... He claimed that they have their values aligned with the values of Bud Light. Which I I can only suppose he's... That's either Perhaps he's inebriated because someone forced him to drink a Bud Light. I don't suspect he would drink one voluntarily. Very few would. But I suspect giving $100 million is also a contributing factor to that statement. But he's just getting ridiculed on every social media app. So... Quite the opposite. Bud Light continues to, What's a good metaphor, a bacteria, a tumor, a virus, similar to the Matrix, perhaps. Every brand they touch is getting infected and worse off. It's not, I can't think of a, let me know in the comments, could any brand elevate Bud Light to where they used to be in terms of brand respect and increase their sales? They're paying a lot of money on marketing. They're literally paying people to take their product away with the mail and rebates as well as these sweepstakes where they do it on the social media in a futile attempt to gain some favor, which I subsequently think is not working because if you examine the profiles of who actually does those stupid sweepstakes, all those profiles do is they do every sweepstakes. It's not because they're fans of Bud Light, they just want free stuff. Which is why I'm always skeptical when it comes to those types of freebies if it's not highly correlated to your specific company's proficiencies or you're not, it, it can get hard to measure really Hard to really gain roi of that pretty quickly when it comes to some of the sweepstakes so it'll be interesting to see and of course interestingly enough the C- ceo also specifically called out the ufc and thinking that's going to help turn things around now dorcas said quote i could not be more excited about joining or rejoining the ufc on this comeback and i and to have bud light in the us for the fans and budweiser being act, activated globally, unquote. But again, perhaps this is a, a metaphor for like a bad ex coming back into your life. The, the relationship was great in the very beginning because you both believed in each other. But then subsequently, you moved away. And then they're trying to buy their way back in with diamonds or whatever idiots buy these days. Bud Light was the, one of the first brands to risk it in terms of they actually were one of the first sponsors for the UFC, which was some might call it a business risk. I think it was a pretty easy calculation considering who watches the UFC. I suspect mostly heterosexual traditional males who are more often than not, politically speaking, probably being the middle or conservative on average. And Bud Light, that used to be their demographic for not a significant proportion of their sales. So it makes sense to sponsor it, but there's still controversy at the time because UFC was a new thing. But now, it's so hard to regain the authenticity of a brand I can't help but think, I mean, people are just gonna continue to mock both these companies and it's not gonna, it's really not gonna do any good. So let me know in the comments if you think anything is actually gonna get better in that regard. And I can't help but think, probably not, I i, I don't think so. But let me know in the comments if you'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Joe Rogan shooting the Cybertruck with a bow and arrow barely leaving a dent, as Elon is elated, also saying that the new vehicle is going to be bulletproof. Which, in terms of value-add, even I, who... If a vehicle doesn't have three pedals, I'm really not interested. And unfortunately, that means if I want a new truck in North America, there's only one option, interestingly enough. The Toyota Tacoma, which is bulletproof. That thing will outlast a human in terms of the lifespan and well over a million miles because, again, it's Toyota. But the Tacoma having three pedals, awesome, but it's a light-duty truck, so you can't haul a lot. So I can't help but fantasize, what if I were to buy a Cybertruck, because it has the great body panels and it is bulletproof, but then how much more would I have to spend in order to get an engine swap and a transmission swap so that it could be a manual vehicle, preferably diesel, so it'll last you know, forever, well, Unfortunately, the FDA doesn't like things to last for a long time. That's why they bolt on those DET and stuff. All the emissions things that ironically makes the vehicles nearly disposable, but does short-term help the environment? A wise man once said there's no such thing as solutions, only trade-offs. But another topic for no time, perhaps. So Joe Rogan and Elon, they're on the podcast. They're talking about the Cybertruck. And Elon goes, oh well, yeah, you got a bow arrow? Let's go out and do it. And if you do have suggestions for picture-in-picture technology, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm still trying to find a technology that will help out in terms of production software. I've tried a couple different brands, but the camera still isn't working in terms of updated the drivers for the camera, and it still doesn't recognize it when I'm trying to have both the video as well as the, the actual camera showing the picture in picture. So if you have suggestions in the comments, I'd greatly appreciate it because I do want to make the show better and better, and feedback is one great way to do that. So without further ado, I'll play this short clip.
1: It's now. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Sick. We'll read that. I have a different writer. I think we need better. bring it back. We'll see
0: if we can
1: do We'll get a sense of everything right now. You start to, you know, have the arrow come back. In. You know, I mean, just through our ricochets. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. You might want to do it at a slight angle. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Look
0: at that. Very bad. i of the this. Blue, arrow. Yeah, no, 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 no.
1: Flatten
0: the tip of the arrow. Look at the tip of the broad oh, okay. That's impressive. Hey, cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, now we know. So, uh, we uh, just shot an arrow into it and it, it barely scratched it. Barely scratched it. Yeah. It was probably moving 275 feet a second. That was a 525 grain ish arrow. With, uh, yeah, even more than that, because it had the 125 grain head, so that was 545 grains. That's impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. It just destroyed the broadhead. The broadhead flattened at the tip, and then the arrow blew apart. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, like I said, you could. Um, we have a, a cool video we'll show at the handover event next month, uh, which is emptying an entire magazine of a Tommy gun, which I think is like <laughs> on the order of 50 rounds. Of four. <laughs> Uh, just go, You're just going full Al Capone, you know, like out on the you, side of the car, shotgun, 9 mm forty-five. And you built it like this just for fun? Well, I mean... Because uh, it's cooler? I mean... Because you can? <laughs> you know, uh, trucks are supposed to be tough, right? Yeah. So, is your truck bulletproof? No, mine mine's definitely not. Exactly. And if I shot mine with my, my bow, it would go right through it, 100%. Yes. 100%. So, 100%. If, if, you, if you shoot any normal car, unlike in the movies, where people hide behind car doors. Uh, a Car door is basically uh, very thin mild steel. Uh, so uh, if you sh- if you shoot a gun at it through it through like a regular truck, it'll go out. It'll go through both doors. So um, it's it, you can't hide behind a car door like they do in the movies. Mm. You know, in the back way back in the day, dating myself, but the the A team where they would like, you know, they'd be like bullets flying everywhere, and they'd be hiding behind the car door. Right. That doesn't work. Um, but it does not cyber Cybertruck.
0: I have never seen Elon so elated or so happy than when he had that smile and that chuckle after they got back to sitting down and talking about the Cybertruck. And again, from a cool factor, that is really neat. And for trips to Chicago, it would be perfect since, I was going to say, Chicago is most known for small arms in terms of 9mm and having unparalleled gang violence. So, if you have to have a trip to Chicago, that would be perfect. Presumably... Well, you have to double check to make sure the glass is bulletproof. Perhaps Elon needs to do a part two of that to ensure that would actually withstand something like a city of Chicago. Further research might be needed. But it is true. Trucks are supposed to be really bulletproof and tough, but it is one of those big discrepancies you see in Hollywood, like how vehicles and how you know, guns in Hollywood are like oil and water in terms of, well, most of them don't have any knowledge or acumen firearms to begin with, which is why perhaps their politics are so unrealistic when it comes to firearm regulation. But... It's one of those instances where, yeah, it's very true, most vehicles are like paper. In terms of if you try to duck behind a vehicle for cover, if you're in a firefight, it wouldn't do anything. That's why if you actually like to watch a training video, they'll tell you to crouch behind the engine block. So go to the hood of the vehicle or get into the front of the vehicle. If you're behind the engine, then more likely, because again, an engine is a traditional internal combustion engine, very highly durable, usually made out of a you know iron or cast aluminum, depending on what manufacturer you go with, that's much more likely to stop bullets, though this is not safety advice by any means. Although it'd be probably infinitely safer than staying behind something like I'm trying to think of maybe a cheap EV, like a Chevy Bolt, which from the factory is known for bursting into flames. Pun moderately intended with that name, but they did have recall, so perhaps it won't happen. But yeah, if you're staying behind an EV traditionally, yeah, EVs, the lithium-ion batteries are not good. So having those shot would be fr- surely explosive. Again, pun intended. So this. It'll be interesting to see. Now, again, the production is really going to be the thing that I think is going to be so difficult for the Cybertruck. Again, it's supposed to be coming out of the factory any day now, and I think they're getting closer, but the type of tolerances that Elon is looking for and the material that they're working with is extremely difficult and expensive. So there's a reason an overwhelming majority of all the vehicles you to see on the road, the manufacturer process and the materials are pretty much the same. They haven't changed much in decades. I mean the tech inside gets infinitely, you know, faster, smaller. But in terms of those things like body panels, I mean, that's been pretty consistent throughout the years. And again, you get a big body machine, you press it out, you paint prime it, you paint it. But doing it on stainless steel and he wants it to be perfectly flat, It'll be fascinating to see just the production cost alone to make the type of tolerances you want happen. It'll be fascinating to see. Let me know, would you ever buy a Cybertruck? And then if you were to buy one, would you do something crazy like I would if I were to win the lottery and actually have finances to get one? Would you do something like an engine swap and put in a good old, big old diesel engine with a stick shift? Perhaps that is the most rare and expensive and I would say valuable Tesla's, is the Tesla Model S, where you had Rich Rebuilds actually swap out a V8. Which is just, there's a fancier way of saying awesome, but that is pretty awesome to do that. From an engineering perspective, do a fun little swap. And no one's expecting it, too, so you get a little subvert expectations. Let me know in the comments. Would you ever purchase one of those, and then why or why not? And then would you do an engine swap or leave it as factory? be interesting to see, but as I would say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek tweet on the inconsistencies between the gay, trans, LGBT going viral, getting 3.3 million views. Now, specifically, this is from Vivek. He says, quote, gay movement. No sex you're attracted to is hardwired at birth, even though there's no gay gene. Next statement is, quote, trans movement. Your sex is entirely fluid, even though there is a definitive sex chromosome, unquote. Third statement, quote, LGBT movement. You must believe both of those things at once or else you're a bigot, unquote. And within a day and a half, he got 3.7 million views. So it actually went up, which is astonishing. And 36,000 likes, a popular opinion to say the least, at least popularly viewed. Now, the real question is, what do the comments look like? Mostly agree, mostly disagree? Let's dive and find out. Let's see here. One of the first popular comments comes from Simon. I don't know if he's trying to troll someone with that name, because now, if this is reminiscent of someone who had a child like mine, we have the fun little toy. Now I'm gonna say Simon says. So, a little pun there. So, nevertheless, Simon says, quote, Point me to the straight gene, please, unquote. He got 134 likes. Someone by the name of George Alexopoulos says, quote, It's a religion, unquote. He got 226 likes. Someone by the name of Molly Pitcher, she says, or rather, she actually has a picture with text. So she pitches? No, that's that's a basketball term. Ha, sports ball's joke. I know, it's hockey. Nevertheless, her picture says, quote, only boys can transition into men unquote and she got thro- 287 likes the redheaded libertarian who gets an a plus for marketing because she is a redhead and she is libertarian as you can see in her profile picture so on point for marketing the redheaded libertarian says quote double think unquote she got 494 likes as the youth might say viral I believe now that's also a reference to perhaps the greatest also saddest book ever written 1984 by George Orwell something that unfortunately is not taught enough in public schools and on taught for another time but it's, a, it's supposed to be about a dystopian future and unfortunately it's, it is a dystopian but it's supposed to be science fiction make-believe unfortunately reality is becoming more actually worse than the book in some regards and one of the instances is when the main character is actually well. I say spoiler alert, but it's been decades since things has been written. I hope so you've all read by now, but nevertheless, go out and buy it. But in one instance, summer spoiler alert, the main character is actually captured by the bad guys. And one of the things that they talk about in the book is double think, where they're supposed to be you're told terms, but the definitions change. You're not supposed to think about it. And in the book, one of the most famous instances is when the main guy is being tortured and he's supposed to say 2 plus 2 equals 5. Even though he knows it's 2 plus 2 equals 4. You and I know that. But they torture him until he acquiesces and he says 2 plus 2 equals 5. And the point of that in the book was to show that you'll do whatever the government tells you to do. You'll think exactly what the government tells you to think. Now in terms of double think, that is in regards to the specific rhetoric in the book in terms of not just the thoughts, but the written statements in the book where you're saying one thing, but it has an entirely different definition, which makes communication infinitely more difficult. But let me know in the comments. Have you read 1984 yet? I've only referenced it about, well, I guess, what episode number is this? 187? I've only referenced it probably about 160 times by now. And again, don't make that a drinking game because references references it so much, you'd be pretty inebriated to the point of not good things happening. So again, disclaimer, do not make that a thing. Now... Going back to the comics section, you have someone by the name of Ndak41 saying, quote, I'm not sure why you seem to be intentionally alienating people versus building inclusion, unquote. And I can't tell if this is a man or woman, so I'll just say this person got 185 likes. Now, this is, from a middle-of-the-road perspective, an interesting point to bring up, because this statement by Vivek... Or Vivek, if you prefer that pronunciation. Or, like me, if you prefer his college rap name, duh which, the fact that he doesn't have swag and mugs and t-shirts with that on it, is a marketing loss to say the least. But, nevertheless, this is going to alienate some people. Now, from political perspective, moving on the political chessboard, is this going to gain him more followers or more prospective voters than alienate some? Now, for this particular comment, I would venture to say someone who believes in the ideals that he is highlighting right here, and I would say more likely they would be traditionally left or far left. I don't think they would ever vote for a candidate who's more in the middle or more on the right. And depending on what your thoughts on Vivek are, he would be much more in the middle or much more on the right. He's Again, he's not running to be the Democratic nominee. If he was, that would be political suicide because right now, politically speaking, that is a hot topic or a hot point where it's a pretty contiguous subject and more people who are on the left side of political out would, I believe in those ideals being spoken. So it would be career suicide, for example, for Biden to say these things or point out these inaccurate, um, inconsistencies that would tank many of his points in the polls. So to say, so I'll be interested to see, I given what he is going for politically speaking, I think this will actually gain him prospective voters because he's the only one on the right, really talking more about the culture wars, so to say, DeSantis is bringing them up more and more, but this is the one Vivek is being much more articulate and much more precise in the specifics. And I think there are some people in the United States, there's more people who are aware of the quote-unquote culture war and the impact that it could have and the ripple effect it has throughout, well, business, politics, and culture, which is one of the reasons I make the show, because I'm fascinated by how all these things, things interconnect and how they are all affected by each other. You have businesses who are actually taking stands on these types of issues, and some of them are increasing their sales, some of them are pre- actually just, just destroying every sales that they even had. So it's fascinating to see where the chips are falling, so to say, a little bit of a press poker med for, some to that effect. But nevertheless, back to the comments. The rabbit hole, who gets an A plus for marketing, because, well, B plus for marketing, because their picture profile, or profile picture, reverse that, is of a rabbit, however, there's not a rabbit jumping down a hole like Alice in Wonderland, so a little bit disappointed there. Nevertheless, the rabbit hole says, quote, reality has an anti-woke bias, unquote. That person got seven hundred and five likes. Soul stricken, this profile says, quote, fact check, both sides of the government are beyond corrupt, unquote. Person got ninety-five likes. Which again, I think Vivek is winning over a lot of people who are. They're feeling politically alienated. They're more politically maybe in the middle, because yeah, I think if you look at just you know look at the evidence and all the articles and how. I think many people would agree with that statement that there is corruption, a lot on both sides. Someone by the name of It's Not Rocket Science says, "quote It's gone too far." Unquote, getting ninety nine likes. Now there are some. I'm trying to give a good representation. I'm going by the greatest number of likes. So there are some who are more against Vivek as well. Someone by the name of, well, I don't know if they're really, I don't know if this is a parody account or real. We'll decide together, perhaps. Someone by the name of Anonymous Troll Demon says, quote, Sorry, but if this nonsense doesn't end, and soon a back in the closet sentiment will rise again, unquote. And person got 58 likes. Now, that being said, their profile name is Troll Demon. So I don't know if they're intentionally saying that statement to troll people, probably, maybe, perhaps. Now, this doesn't have the greatest number of likes. However, because I like it, we're going to say it. Someone by the name of Banana Biden, their quote is, Orwell was right, unquote, getting three likes. So not the greatest number of likes, but perhaps one of the most articulate and accurate ones, because it references one of my favorite books. George Orwell is a brilliant author he wrote 1984. If that's a little bit too long for you, well, the books about yay yay long or thick, so to say, I'm probably dating myself because I read physical books, not you know e-books. But nevertheless, the physical books probably about an inch. I'm eh, gonna say it's on the shelf uh, right there. Yeah, I'd say it's about that long. I would say Animal Farm. It's a little bit more of a quick, easy read. Same author, say a lot of the same parallels in terms of concepts, and you know, book great books, I recommend reading both, but if 1982-4 is a little bit too dense for you in terms of the text and it is a longer read, though I would say it's a quick read, but nevertheless, Animal Farm is another great, brilliant work of George Orwell as well. I don't know if that's a verbiage pun, but it did sound sound funny, so I'll, I'll say it's a joke. George Orwell as well? Yeah, that's a joke. I'll go for it. Nevertheless, back to the comments. Dr. Kiki Akula says, quote, I can't wait till people realize the B in LGB means there's only two genders. Unquote. With also a, looks like a, uh, not a sad emoji, but a tired emoji. Now this person got 83 likes. Let's see here. Somebody of Michael M says, quote, that's called professional trolling, unquote, getting 42 likes. Lab Minsky says, quote, Vivek is desperate to be talked about again, unquote, getting 149 likes. Which, this did surely go viral. He's gotten more views than anything he's done, I believe, in the past at least three months. Because again, this is nearly 4 million views from this statement. But I'm not sure if he's really desperate for attention. He's, most of his views on Twitter... I would say usually get between 250,000 views and maybe a million views. Kind of good average. So to say someone by the name of Dave Davenport says, quote, I don't believe either. I just think the government shouldn't be shouldn't get involved in the private sexual lives of consenting adults, unquote, getting 140 likes, which. Let's see, I don't think the government, I think. I think many people would agree that's true, but the issue and why I think, more pe- I think more people are believing this is a wider conversation because all the rules, laws, stipulations, as well as government policies and business policies that involve these things make it so that it is not just a bedroom topic, so to say, because there are many rules and laws. I mean, one of the most prolific examples of religious freedom was the bake the cake example, where you had a gay couple go to dozens of different cake shops demanding that they make a wedding cake for their wedding. And they went. They finally found a shop that would say no. Now, for the record, that shop said, I will bake you any cake you want, but because of my religious convictions, I will not bake you a wedding cake. And that was the one that they chose to sue. And that was a long case, but at the end of the day, the bakery won based on their religious freedoms. And that's a good example where, again, the bakery owner didn't give a darn what they did, until they wanted to push their views onto him and tell his business what to do. And again, in terms of capitalism, just walk across the street against, again, they found dozens of places that would bake a specific wedding cake. But nevertheless, I think that's why, while the statement made people agree with it, I think the reason this is becoming a political issue is because of so many things bleeding into business, policies, the government. But nevertheless, we'll read one or two more comments. Someone by the name of Go Laura says, quote, Not really an issue if you remember by people exist. Definitely not an issue the government should have an opinion on, unquote. She got 397 likes. Let's see here. A couple more. Someone by the name of Kay. Which I can't help but wonder, why didn't they just say Kirby, because the profile picture is of Kirby, which is the cute Nintendo character. Which is a weird animated little ball figure. Nevertheless, Kirby says, quote, Whether or not we choose to believe transgender people are actually wired the way they say they are is irrelevant. I think because the government really should have no business in telling adults what they can or can't dress and who they can or can't sleep with, unquote. This person got 383 likes. So this is by far one of the most active responses or replies that he's gotten quite for some time. Mr. Stu McAplin says, quote, what's your infatuation with other people's sexual lives? Unquote, getting 76 likes. Maybe one or two more of the popular ones. See here. Uh Sabal Riley said quote this all started when we let people's feelings redefine the word gender Words mean something and if gender can mean anything it means nothing unquote in 67 likes So interesting uh... Wow this one got a lot of likes for a very con- a very concise statement but got a lot of likes Someone by the name of Andrew said quote man you are dumb unquote Got 261 likes so, interesting. Shoot. In terms of... In terms of a breakdown, that's actually... We'll do one more. Rebecca V. Voted Reality Believer says, quote, it's literally madness and we must reject it. Unquote. gain 77 likes. So, interestingly enough, this might only be... It may be a 50-50 split in terms of who supports his original statement. When usually, Vivek is usually hitting between... What oh, is see 60 to 90% favorability in terms of favorability comments or replies to his original Twitter or X post for the you know for the ten people who call Twitter X. I don't. Do you? Let me know in the comments. But nevertheless, it's a little less popular than before. Alright, we'll I'll read one more just because there's a George Orwell reference. The conservative alternative says, quote, George Orwell was well aware that all socialist ideologies require a person to depart from the truth. To the point where you must be willing to hold two contradictory statements simultaneously, he called this double-think, the willingness to believe whether you're told to. i quote, got okay, 20 likes for that statement. And that was the articulate thing of what I was trying to say earlier in regards to George Orwell's 1984 book. So, interestingly enough, not as many favorability responses than usual. Let me know in the comments, do you think this will lose him a couple points in the polls or will it help gain some people's opinion and favor in the middle? Interestingly enough, I didn't think it was gonna be such a low favorability in terms of responses. I thought it'd be at least 70% favorable. But interestingly enough, much more conti- much more of a contagious, much more of a negative feedback in the comments than usual. So it'll be interesting to see, because of that feedback, does he drop this specific issue, or does he keep pressing forward? And again, there are many instances where a lot of people are saying he's based, he's right, but these are getting between 0 and 5 likes. So, I'm, uh, so again, so I, I was reading all the ones basically that were getting above 50 likes, and kind of the top ones that were liked. So let me know in the comments, do you think this will be a net positive for Vivek, or do you think it'll be a net negative? Be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now, other interesting political news. You have Chris Christie on CNN saying he's the only one, quote-unquote, taking aim at Trump, unquote. Which is a statement perhaps as delusional as his diet, since pretty more and more Republicans are starting to attack Trump because there are points to be made in the polls. That is a way to gain some people. The narrow Trumpers exists as a part of the Republican Party. So Chris Christie, I think he was one of the first to be so against Trump. He really, that was kind of the whole basis of his campaign or is the basis of his campaign. He's still technically running, but it is funny to hear. He claims he's the only one, but not not really. So nevertheless, if you have suggestions for picture-in-picture production software technology, I'd greatly appreciate it. Currently using OBS open source software with a Razer HiCan 4K camera. And I'm having issues with the camera working with the actual picture-in-picture software. So if you have suggestions, I would appreciate it because I do want to show this. I know for your eyes and your safety, you're perhaps happy you don't have to see Chris Christie for this particular segment of the show because it is unflattering to say the least. But nevertheless, I do want to improve the show and I've heard from the feedback that that's something the folks are looking for. So I appreciate any suggestions you may have. Now the text before the video, Chris Christie says, quote, Our campaign is the only one that has taken direct aim at... Hashtag real Donald Trump since day one and we've never varied others want to have it both ways on one hand They'll support him as a convicted felon On the other hand, they'll criticize him as America's next next president. I'll be a convenient truth teller every day unquote And again, we let me know how frequently you want me to cover the poll averages There are a couple aggregator websites and if you want we can do that as a daily thing, but Last time, I believe last you have been doing the summary every Friday, and last time we discussed it, Chris Christie was still about 3% for the Republican nominee. Trump is about 58%, DeSantis is usually around 14 percent Nikki Haley and Vivek usually between 7 and 9%, they kind of go back and forth. But Chris Christie has consistently increased from about 1% to 3%. So, it's growing in terms of his campaign and the number of people are supporting, but again, will he be the next president? It, I, I'm not a gamb... I guess you could say I'm a gambling man because I invested myself in the business. That's a big gamble. But I'm not a traditional gambling man. But if I were a gambling man in that regard, I I wouldn't place money that Chris Christie is going to win. But nevertheless, we'll play this brief segment. And he looks right at home on CNN, I believe. And he is phoning in from New Jersey.
1: You know, the fact is that we've run a very aggressive campaign... We're the only campaign that's going right at Donald Trump from the day we got in, and never varied. You know, there's other people who want to have it both ways. They want to support him when raise their hands, uh, if, even if he's a convicted felon. Uh, on the other hand, they want to go after him, and every time they say, uh, you know, one little criticism, uh, the national media gets all crazy. Uh, we have been consistent and strong, and that's the kind of leadership America needs right now. Someone who's a truth teller consistently every day. You know
0: now, to his credit, albeit small, they have been consistent. DeSantis was more of a slow critique of Trump. And then same with Nikki Haley and a couple of other Republican nominee candidates. I mean, as far as I can tell the only candidate or Republican nominee candidate that isn't actually against Trump is Vivek Ramaswamy. Everyone else is very much critiquing Trump. So, it is true Chris Christie. From day one, he was getting the never-Trumper voters. So, he was going very against Trump. Because, again, there are people in the Republican Party who will never vote for Trump, but they're still Republican. So, they'll vote for Chris Christie in these nominees. Or these polls for the nominee. But, again, I, I don't think... There's enough of those people to actually win the Republican nominee for the upcoming election. But let me know, would you support Chris Christie? But let's go in the comments. I can't help but wonder again, Chris Christie. I probably spent 15 minutes on the last tweet that we covered by Chris Christie because I didn't think it would be that bad in terms of I I, I was convinced there had to be one person who had a positive response. So he went all the way to the bottom of the comments and all the way back up, hundreds of comments, not a single one supported Chris Christie, which means not even his family or his staff campaign around Twitter, it, which I, it's almost statistically impossible to get zero positive responses on Twitter. Like it, it might be, it might need, we very well may need to reach out to the Guinness World Book of Records for the most ratio tweet ever. When Chris Christie, I believe it was last week, had another tweet, and just not a single one was supportive of him. So I can't help but guess, and again, this, it'll be a surprise, I haven't seen the comments yet, I'm going to guess 90% negative. Again, I'm not saying there's not people who don't support him. I'm just saying on social media, on this specific platform, most people just don't seem to exist. So without further ado, let's dive into the comments section and see what they have to say. Someone by the name of Dan Goho said simply, bahahaha. Which, Which I suppose is how some people laugh. He did get 20 likes for that. And his profiles, as I was to say, Mr. Don's profile pronouns specifically are he haw. Which I can't help but wonder is that cultural appropriation from Texas? Because it should be yee haw. Nevertheless, he's not canceled yet, some might say. Someone by the name of Dabble Much said, quote, You weren't talking, taking direct aim at Trump while you are sitting in his lap hoping to get in a cabinet post. What took you so long to call him out, unquote. The person got four likes. Alpha Omega simply gave an emoji response of a middle finger. They got three likes. Stacy Phillips says, quote, Oh Chris, you'll never be America's next president. Never. She got 59 likes. Someone by the name of Ron Vinning saying emoji. Curious looking. So curious emoji. So Christie is the only, is only running to bring down other Republicans not to challenge Democrats. Have you read that? So Christie is the only running, is only running to bring down other Republicans not to challenge Democrats. Got 19 likes. Someone by name of Twitter Chica, who does get an A plus for marketing, because she is on the Twitter, and it is of a Spanish dancer. Is it a profile picture? It makes sense. On point, on brand. So she says, quote, hashtag Jake Tapper, hashtag Chris Christie has something in common. Unprecedented unpopularity. Chris Christie left New Jersey with the historically low approval ratings, fifteen percent. Tapper had the lowest ratings in CNN history. Chris and Jake equal losers who only Sad refrain is, quote, but Trump, unquote. She got 26 likes. Sydney Vandergrift did a gif, or a gif as the youth might call it, in which they have the caricature from Austin Powers, I believe is the large man, simply saluting, saying, yes, sir, getting nine likes. Gary Lay simply says, quote, oink, unquote, got 16 likes. RC 4 Liberty said, quote, 3% attaboy, unquote, getting eight likes, which is a reference to Chris Christie's current polling numbers. Melissa Dawn said, quote, you've never varied from the grift. You're getting paid by some rhino and your butt hurt that Trump didn't want you, unquote. Got 51 likes. Setting the record straight, said, quote, you're also probably. This is awkwardly texted. Let me rephrase this. Well. I'll res- let me reset that really quick then. Quote, you're also probably also You're also Grammar be damned, some of these tweets. Nevertheless, third time's a charm, I'm told. Setting the record straight says, quote, You're also probably also the only one who takes Democrat donations, I getting fifty-nine likes. Someone by the name of B. Radz says, quote, how's that strategy working out for you? Unquote, getting twenty-seven likes. A lot of people calling him Rhino gained 20 point or 20 likes. John Culture says rhino gained 32 likes. Brandy White said, quote, at 2% you have no campaign. You're just a paid mouthpiece that overeats. And this person used a gif of Chris Christie eating a donut. I got 29 likes. I'm trying to see. Dumpster Fire. Simply said, wait, you're still running? Laughing emoji. Got 32 likes. I'm trying to see if they're... The real Neil Haystack. Can we find one positive response? Let's... There's maybe. Let's see. Carlos DeParo says, quote, That's why you're losing LMFAO. It seems like all the Republican candidates, except one, are focused on Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan, and Trump. That pretty much sums up all your campaigns. You know what's missing. You know what's missing. How about America? That's why none of you deserve to be president. Unquote. Getting twenty-seven likes. And on an ADHD note, it is annoying where the text you have to click to expand the text sometimes because there's so much text and there's just one extra word. But nevertheless, Sandra Anderson says, "Quote, you're a disgrace. Go away." Unquote. Getting thirty-one likes. A lot of people, dear God, I don't know if this is real. Somehow there's a video of Chris Christie dancing. It is not attractive, and it, I don't know if this is. A, I don't know if this is AI generated, but the fact that he's wearing tight clothes, dancing, I, I don't know who his publicist is, but considering how much money he makes and supposedly someone is running his campaign. There has, to, I, presumably there is someone in marketing and they're allowing, I, I don't know who told him at the time. It's a good idea to go dance. Dirty prune says, quote, maybe you can pick up the Pence voters and get over that Austin awesome 5% mark. Just give it a rest tubby. You'll never. And I do mean never going to be president. Unquote. am 35 likes. Okay, there's a lot of people calling him pejorative names because of, of his weight. A lot of people saying "rest in pieces" campaign. Wait a minute. There has to be one positive. A lot of people calling out his two to three percent favorability or his two to three percent that he's pulling at for the Republican nominee in these polls. A lot of people say... Uh, let's see here. Oh, Gotta love advertisements. Except for the awesome advertisements like Topping Technologies, the best IT value reseller and services company in the world. Probably. Haven't been fact-checked yet. But go to ToppingTechnologies.com to learn a little bit more about our premier sponsor. Me. Nevertheless, back to the show. I'm, str- I'm scrolling... We may very well be able to get to the very bottom. A lot of people saying that's why you only pull at two, three percent. A lot of people saying seventy cents is greater than one cent. Perhaps in regards to campaign raise or uh, raising campaign funds. A lot of people calling him to drop out. Thanks for the gas tax. Yawn. A lot of people. A lot of people referencing Porky the Pig saying oink oink. This may very well be another one. Uh, a lot of people saying I miss, I missed the conviction, Mr. Attorney, getting two likes. That's from Rudy. A lot of people saying I didn't know, you know Trump is a felon. He hasn't been convicted yet. Given his day his court. The has uh, a lot of people saying like be like Pence go away. <laughs> Some of these are Mr. Watts says I can almost smell the diabetes, unquote. We're getting we're getting to the bottom of the of the uh, we call it. Got to the very bottom of all the comments. All you talk about Trump is nothing else. Jelly boy donut loser go away Porky dude go away you have zero chance one percent and not talking about body fat that's perhaps the most entertaining one I've seen in a couple of scrolls. A lot of people are doing screenshots or uh, of the actual. Yeah, the polls, and it's not looking good. Or the average. I'm trying, there has to be one. A lot of people are using AI to create pictures of him as Porky the Pig or some rendition of that. A lot of people saying drop out, drop out, more comments than likes, hilarious. Don wonders, you have another platform. How's that working for you, Mr. 1%? Who ate Krispy Kreme? No chance of being president. Yeah, like it did only uh, out of the 76,000 people who viewed that video, only 949 people liked it. So it's it's more like than a Bud Light tweet. So that's that's something. But I'm wondering if I can actually get to the very bottom. Alright, there is the bottom of the very of the tweet responses. Your campaign's at 2%. Do Southern Republican Party for once. Drop out. No chance you'll be president. We did it. We got to the very bottom. Not a single positive response for Chris Christie. Where'd you get At least tell your staffers to get on the platform at the very least. I mean, supposedly he has a campaign staff, right? He's supposed to be running for president. logically. Allegedly. That is astonishing. He is zero for two. Not a single positive response. That is almost mathematically impossible, and twice in a row. Not to brag, but I got at least two positive comments on one of my YouTube videos last week. It was a lot of negative, but the positive comments did nevertheless they did exist. So there's that. It'll be interesting to see how this affects him in the campaign, but I can't help but think. Maybe he's topped out. I don't, it, do you think he can actually take some of the votes from Pence as Pence has dropped out? Can't but, help but think, as DeSantis is increasing his rhetoric against Trump and starting to bring up more use cases of Trump's mistakes, people who were supportive of Chris Christie might start to go for DeSantis now. Maybe. I think that is more likely. But, as I always say, time should tell. Let me know in the comments, would you switch your vote? Do you... Actually, that'd be a good, fun question. Do you know anyone who is voting for Chris Christie when they're asking, when they have all these polls, when they're asking who they want for the Republican nominee, do you know anyone at work or anywhere who would be a supporter of Chris Christie? And if so, why? Is it because, specifically, he's anti-Trumper? Which, again, that's the lane that he's chosen, politically speaking. And of the 3%, again, 3% relative to the U.S. population, I mean, that's still a fair amount of people. It's not enough to win, but... Some more people didn't like this video, perhaps, like the video and perhaps prove me, prove me wrong, hopefully. And again, I'm not a scientist, but the cure to my stutter may very well be clicking the subscribe button. There, there, there. Not Mayo click study or anything, but I can't help but think the more subscribers we've gotten, the less I've stuttered in general. Go back. You think my stutter's bad now? Look at a couple of the first episodes. It was pretty comically bad. Perhaps was that was a joke the whole time? I wish. No. Nevertheless. I can't help but think Chris Christie is uh, in deep trouble and it's not getting better anytime soon. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have real estate industry slapped with a $1.8 billion fine, causing their stocks to precipitously drop like a rock. Now, this comes from an actual verdict that was a taking place a couple days ago, and that was a class action lawsuit involving the National Association of Realtors let me see here, and of course, let's see here, we had real estate industry groups were found guilty of inflating commissions and how it's going to affect the industry. It looks like every, all the stocks that you think of in terms of when you think of real estate companies or your research, one of the most popular ones, you got Zillow, you got Redfin. A lot of their stocks drop between five and 10%. So it'll be interesting to see how much is going to affect the industry, how much is it going to affect everyone's pocketbooks as the result is going to be a little bit more transparency in terms of the commission structures and giving the buyers a little bit more information. But it'll be interesting to see how much is going to affect the industry. You also have a record number for that good old interest rates that's driving a lot of people away from who would be buying houses. It'll be fascinating to see. But again, $1.8 billion fine? And now increased regulation, that's got to be the business model of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you can click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, the comments are a great way to help me make the show better and better as your feedback is greatly appreciated as well. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.